What's this for? The podcast. What, you mean the title? Hmm. Bad cinema habits. What is it like, like? Like a new podcast name that we're gonna come up with? I think that's a good idea. You think? I do. I I would uh, I would I would go with that. You would go with that. Um, just two drunk guys talking about movies. Mm. But that's kind of long. And also, it's a really bad habit if you eat on podcast. Bad. Ha- yeah, but I like bad bad cinema habits works. Mm. Because of cinema syndrome, I've been watching a lot of that. I went through a phase of watching a lot of cinema sins. And then I got fucking annoyed with it, <laughs> and I stopped. <laughs> Let's do this! Gavin Fry's movie podcast. I am Ian. And I'm Gavin. And as usual, we are sponsored by greenroom136.com. Bags. That's right. <laughs> I completely forgot about that. I forgot, I forgot so hard, I forgot to put it in the last podcast. So we're going to be sponsoring him double time this week. Yes. I was with the recording not working last week. I was totally I was about to launch into something else. I know. That's why I dived in. I took, him, I took a bullet for the president there. Shit, we're sponsored? Yeah. So, Green Room 136, in case you're not aware, Gavin. Mm. Tell, tell me about Green Room 136. What, what's that about? Well, they're urban carry gears. Urban carry gears? Urban carry gears. You don't say, Ian. Tell, yeah. what, what is an, an urban carry gear? Well, they're bags, basically. I like bags, Ian. I like bags. Uh, you too. can put things in it, mm. you know, and, and, you know, it just, you'd, so you don't have to carry things with your hands. Yeah, you have a lot of baggage, don't you? I got a shitload of baggage. <laughs> <laughs> So, are any, is any of your baggage laptop bags, camera bags, wallets, or side keeps? Um, I happen to have all sorts of baggage. Yeah. Does Green Room 136 cater to all my baggage needs? I think I just said it did. So, if I have, like, things for my camera and my, my money and my, my credit cards and my laptop? Yeah, you can put them all in uh, bags available from greenroom136.com. Did you say greenroom136.com? Yes, I said greenroom136.com. That sounds like an amazing site, Ian. I'm going to log on right now. Holy Toledo, look at this amazing selection. <laughs> but so, yes, we, yeah, are so spo- like, we are sponsored by Green Room 136. So if you do, um, if you want to support the show, go along and buy something off them. They have an online store, uh, they deliver all over the place, and uh, they sponsor some competitions, which we'll be announcing the winners of today. That's right, that's right. And didn't, um, didn't Green, Green Room 136, didn't they just uh, start their official a- uh, Amazon store? I think so, yeah. I saw them getting ready, gearing up for that. Yeah, yeah. So go and check them out. That's mm-hmm. uh, it's a lot of cool stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So have we got a show for you today? Yeah, we've got uh, a lot of reviews. Um, the big release uh, this week is The Martian. And Everest, of course, as well from last week. Yes, so we'll be uh, talking about Everest. Um, I just got back from Brisbane. I was performing at the Brisbane Arts Festival, and I managed to catch Straight out of Compton while I was there. So I'll do a quick review about that. In the cinema? In the cinema. Oh, yeah. that would be nice. No, no, it was good fun. It was me, the wife, and like 
one white guy behind me and one white <laughs> and one white chick ahead of, in front of me, and that was it. No one else. Was well, I mean, it, it had been playing for a while. Yeah, it had been playing for you a go while. For a daytime show. Yeah, daytime show. Uh, like two, like twelve, twelve noon. A mm. 12 noon screening on a Tuesday or some shit. That's, that's <laughs> nice though. It was nice. It was nice. It's been a while since I've had a cinema pretty much to myself. Yeah. Um, and also it's kind of funny. You can just tell that the people who go and see this movie, for the most part, are people that were around when the album, you know, when the uh, Straight Out Compton dropped. album dropped. Yeah. I'm also going to touch upon uh, Wet Hot American Summer, the movie from 2001 and the TV show on Netflix at the moment. Mm-hmm. But uh, we'll jump straight up as we always do on news. Oh, by the way, you know we are on iTunes. If you've gotten us off iTunes, you found us. But uh, if you can support the show, also tell your friends. Mm-hmm. That's how people find out about us. And leave us a review on iTunes if you can, because that actually helps people find us on iTunes. If there's reviews, mm-hmm. drop so. us a line. Tell us we're awesome. Tell us we suck. We're big boys. We can handle. It. You love shitty comments, don't you? I love shitty comments. <laughs> it's the only reason I still look at Ain't It Cool. I know. It's just I just lo- I just love those comments. These guys are really talented writers. Mm. They should write a script. I mean, I, 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 I see better writing on the comment section of Any Cool News than I do in a lot but of films. Isn't the comment section on Any Cool News literally the hundred monkeys in a room? Won't they eventually produce Shakespeare? I, I hope so. <laughs> Don't load some up right now. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> it's very funny stuff. So jumping straight into news as usual, um, two different trailers for Jessica Jones' trip. Drop, drop. Did you see these? Yes, I did. I did. There's the um, there's the alarm clock teaser and also the bar brawl. Yeah. Uh, this looks great. Yeah, I mean the first teaser they showed was just some kind of weird misty shit that didn't show anything apart from some purple, which you know the purple. I've read all the comics. The purple man, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. who's played by David Tennant, right? Yeah. Yeah. Good casting. Um, but I was worried about the marketing from before because this is an unknown quantity, pretty much. I mean. It was a Icon or Knights, Marvel Knights series. It was a Marvel Knights series. Yeah. So I have all of that. Um, the scratchy iron. And it's like, it's a, it's a slow burn. It's not Daredevil. No, no. But the advertising, this advertising is really selling the fact that she's basically a superpowered bump. Yeah. And yeah. that angle I like. That works, I think, really well. I mean, at, at this point, Marvel's just a well-oiled machine. I mean, they've just, they've got their marketing down pat. They... They just, know, they just know how to package their shit. But I think we probably said that about Pixar right about the time Cars came out. You know, I mean, I've never really sort of had the kind of love love story relationship with Pixar the way that most people have. There's, yeah. you know, I, I like a certain number of their films, but I also dislike quite a few of them as well. Yeah. You know, like to me, A Bug's Life is a completely pointless film. Really? Yeah. It has, the it has, no, it has no effect on me whatsoever. It's got a cut. I mean, like Kevin Spacey's got some amusing bits in there, mm-hmm. you know, but for the most part, I wasn't sold on Bug's Life. The outtakes are fantastic. The outtakes are better than the film, mm. you know. Um... But even then, also, there's something about the outtakes that ring very hollow to me. But like, I, I have issues with. There's something about because of the, amount, ana- of, there's the amount of work that has to go yeah, into yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's. It's a little too. It's not an accident. Yeah. You know, when you watch like a gag reel on a Will Ferrell movie, you can. It's funny because it's an accident. They don't mean to crack up. You know, they crack themselves up. Yeah. Whereas, whereas this, they've planned everything. Yeah. And there's something about that that just kind of rubs me up the wrong way. Well, did you see as well, there was a, a second in the promotion for the Avengers Blu-ray coming out, there was a second gag reel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's yeah. a gag reel where the Hulk jumps after Ultron's jet at the end and misses. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that yeah. is the same kind of thing. But yeah. there is also an awful lot of impromptu kissing in that, which is quite funny. Yes, yes. Like, uh, the Vision and Thor getting it on. Yes. Against green screen looks pretty funny. Yes. But yeah, I like the way they're going with Jessica Jones. If they can, because it is, the comic meandered a lot, you know, but that was the point. It was ground level Marvel superheroes. Yeah. But, People. Was there? I mean, was there anything else aside from the alias book? Because that—that's my only um, knowledge of the character—is the alias. That's book. where she came from. 
it, that was it, right? Yeah, there and then they just retroactively there. inserted her the fact that she like fought all the Avengers, went under the influence of the Purple Man and stuff. It's kind right. of retroactively done, right? Right. right and right, then right. after that, she just you know, Luke Cage became more of a character, and around that time, he just came more of a comic more came to more prominence around that time as well. Anyway, like he'd always been around, but he not he wasn't in that. He was way. kind of he was kind of reintroduced via yeah. as as a guest star via via alias. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then became a supporting member, and then so on and so forth. Because before then, I mean, he uh, he had a book with Iron Fist, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, there were heroes for hire in the seventies. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. When he had the awesome purple blouse. You know, I'm kind yellow of blouse, yellow you know, blouse. it would be great if the uh, Luke Cage series is like a period piece and it's set in the seventies, but you know that's not going to happen. No, but if there's a fly, <laughs> if, if they're going to a, a disco night and he wears the yellow blouse, that might work. It, it would be cool if they do find some way to go back to it. And I mean, out of all, I mean, out of all of the uh, Netflix series, I mean, the ones that I'm mo- the one that I'm most curious about is Iron Fist. Yeah, like I really want to know how they're going to go with that. You know, how they're going to update it because you know they're not going to go the traditional costume. No, but have you read the well? The, the traditional costume is just a colorful version of what Daredevil was wearing in the first yes. season. No, I haven't. Um, I, I have. I haven't read any of the new Iron Fist. I should stuff. give you. I have a hardback of the. I have a collection somewhere in my house of Matt Fraction stuff, which kind of reintroduced the character about five, ten years ago. Right, right. And that stuff is very cool. It's the same thing, kind of thing you did with Hawkeye. Have Every time it? I try and think about getting up, re-updated with the comic book stuff, I just get tired just thinking about it. Yeah. You know, just looking at all the stuff. Did you read any of the Hawkeye stuff, though? No. Because the Hawkeye is a beautiful... I, I heard that was very It's a good. beautiful marriage of comic and form because, like, you know, it's got, like, a load of panels where he's just walking around and stuff, you know what I mean? Yeah. No, and I heard that that was very good. I think there's one issue that's all about his dog. Oh, right, right. Yeah. But it's but that's Matt Fraction. God bless the guy. I mean, I love his Casanova stuff as well. It's really playing within the form. Yeah. And his Iron Fist was that, where he is a normal guy, but he does have these supernatural powers, and it kind of plays with that. Right. You know right. what I mean? It's not like, I am the hero of whatever. He's like, oh, God, I'm going to do this again, kind of shit. Right. Which works. Cool. So I'm looking where they're going. This is this is not too far away, Jessica Jones, right? Uh, No, I think it's, what is it? Is it, is it next next couple of months or yeah, something? Yeah, next month or two. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. So, have to sit down and have to, re- have to have to sign up for Netflix for one more month, <laughs> like I did last just, just, time. Just bite the bullet and just sign up. Oh no, I did the last time for Daredevil. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, other, tra- I mean, these were ju- the, tra- the news is trailers this week, but there was another. Uh, it was a two-part trailer that debuted on Fox, and then they put it all together with a little bit extra for the X Files. For the X Files, yeah. I prefer the put together trailer than the other two. So do I. Ones. So do I. The two separate ones kind of pissed me off. I actually didn't watch the second one. Oh. Um. In fact, I think I got about 20 seconds into the first one. I'm like, ah, oh, fuck this. Is this the dodgy quality version? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so, yeah, but I saw, I saw the trailer where they've uh, put the two together. And, you know, it's one of those things where it's, it's, it's too early to tell mm. if it's going to be any good. I mean, I thought the trailer for I Want, I Want to Believe looked good, and I didn't like the film at all. That's the second film, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I still haven't watched that. Yeah, I, I couldn't mean, bring myself to watch it after the first one. It was essentially uh, an average overlong episode yeah you know which is um which, which shows the point which is my worry about this show which is that they don't know what they're doing i mean they never did but they were able to hide that for a long time and chris carter's still involved yeah so it's like they need to i mean did you ever see what was that show about aliens coming here in the 60s and they were going to do a decade per season but they got cut off oh um dark skies was it Dark Skies? I think it was Dark Skies. Was it Dark Skies? Uh, is, is that the one that, that Spielberg and Toby Hooper were, were, were producing? Um, I don't... Spielberg was Fallen Skies, right? Or was this, this, is, like, this is the 90s, right? Yeah, yeah. And it was a guy and a girl in the 60s, right? It might be. It mm, no, no, no. I mean, I, I, I know the one you mean. I know the one you mean. I, th- I think Toby Hooper directed yeah, no, the... Yeah, uh, it was 96, 97, 18 episodes, a two-hour pilot episode. That one, it's like, okay, there are aliens. Mm-hmm. And we're on the outside. 
And apparently, I mean, they had a plan to lead up to the Challenger disaster, which is a ballsy move in 96, 97. Like, they were going to have season five would be that Aliens destroy Challenger, mm-hmm. which is a bit, still pretty close even back then. Challenger yeah. was 88, right? Yeah. But they're still doing the, he's chasing after Shadows. Yeah. But that's, you know, that that was always what what the show was about. Yeah, but after nine seasons. Mm-hmm. Well, hopefully they're going to tie it up. I mean, they've got to assume that this is the last go around, you know? I don't know. I mean, Fox. yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, they'll, they'll probably leave the door open for a couple of things, but they're going to have to tie shit up. Yeah. They're going to have to explain how they've, how they've brought back the cigarette smoking man. Yeah. And what know? the fuck the black oil is all about and what's with those fucking bees. And from what I understand, they're also bringing back the lone gunman. Yes. Like, so they, they're going to have to explain Who's that died shit. died in their own series, right? Yeah, yeah. They're going to have to explain they that shit. They got killed in 9 or something? Or no, something like that. Something like that. I, I can't really remember. Yeah. I'd kind of lost interest by then. I mean, yeah. I never after did. after David Duchovny left the show, I was kind of like, well, what's the point? <laughs> why, is, why is the T-1000 there? <laughs> you I know? actually had to go back and look through the Wikipedia entries for the different series to figure out when it was I lost interest because I yeah. couldn't remember. Because yeah. I remember those first, that was first two seasons were amazing. Yeah. No, I mean, the first, the first, like, Three, four, the four, first three, like four. four seasons were pretty damn good. I think Doggett was introduced at seven or eight. Leading up until the uh, the first film, mm. it was a pretty it was a pretty amazing show. Even after the for the first film, it 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 held on to the quality for a fair bit before it really started to slip. Yeah. Um, I mean, I really enjoyed the first film. I thought the first film was great. I mean, it was and it was it was also I think the uh, the one of the first TV shows to really bridge that gap where you, it, it had a successful movie and then continued being a successful TV show. Yeah, because usually it's like it's one or the other. You go into the other. Yeah. And, I, and the Xbox, I don't think it will sustain as a movie series. No, no, no absolutely not. Um, so I have, you know, I'm cautiously optimistic for this show. I mean, as a fan, like I was telling you earlier, it's hard to not smile when you see some of these characters. Like when, when uh, Skinner turns up, it's... You know, I smiled. And he's the most Skinner. He's, he's the same he's always been. Yeah. He's like, well, you gotta go out and do it. Yeah. It's like, well, you gotta do something about it, Mulder. Yeah. You know, and it's just, it's cool to see Mulder and Skull. I mean, those are two genius characters. They're, yeah. they're, they're two genius creations. And if they're handled right, it's a really cool show. I must, so, I um, must dig up the, um, you know, I, I flirted with Vine for a while. And there is a girl on Vine who's basically, she's been going, she's got a Mulder and Scully toy. And Vine is six seconds long. Yeah. And she's been summarizing the ep- episodes with just the two toys. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, Scully. I'm going to go mac on this hot anthropologist, but this cockroach is ever like, oh, Mulder. And it's like the War of the Cockroach pages or whatever it was called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, so she just literally does six-second um, snippets, mm-hmm. and most of it is just like Scully being pissed at him. And it's kind of funny. I'll link it off anyway. Cool. But yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to this. I'm going to see it. Even if it's bad, I'm going to see it. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I mean, I'm, I'm already in. But do you get like a massive uh, time warp kick in the head when you hear the theme at the end? It, You know... That is one of the be- all-time greatest th- yeah. uh, themes to a TV no, that's show. I mean, that's it's like, and I know, I, and I know that uh, the same thing's going to happen to me when Twin Peaks comes out. Yeah, you know, I mean, Tw- Twin Peaks could suck. <laughs> but once it has that bird on that tree, once you see that bird on that branch, that fake-looking bird, right? Once that, once that theme song kicks in, you're just like, I'm there. Yeah. And it's the same with this. You just hear that. But the thing is, for me, it's like I hear that, and I'm not thinking about the new show. I'm thinking about 996. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And, you know, that's not always a bad thing. No, I'm thinking about Jack Black and, um, Boiler Room, what's his name? The actor? Uh, Italian name, Phoebe's brother from Friends. Giovanni Giovanni Ribisi. Giovanni Ribisi and Jack Black were in one episode of The X-Files. Yes, they were, they were. were. The one with the lightning. Yes. (laughs) It's a shame Crycheck isn't there. Is he not in this one? No, no, no. He's still around, right? He's not, he's he's deep black oil, but he's still an asshole. I think, (laughs) yeah, he never stopped being an asshole. Yeah. 
I mean, that was, I was looking back to, as I said, reading through the Wikipedia entries, and there's one, is it a season or an episode that ends with him walking into an, a UFO and the oil climbing out of him? Yes. And he's trapped in the room with it or yes, something like that? Yes, yes, and that's yes. like, that was like, you watch that, I'm like, holy shit, what's the fuck? Well, I mean, also, uh, you know, X-Files was also one of those shows that really was one of the first shows to show real sort of grotesque kind of gore. Mm. You know, uh, just really fucked up shit. Like all the tombs crap. Yeah. And then after a while, the characters kind of became a little too self-aware for their own good. Like they really started to have fun with the Scalder Mully, uh, the the Scald Scald Mully, yeah, the the Mulder Scully relationship, and it just became a little too self-aware. It became too self-aware when Catatonia released a song about them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, moving on, did you uh, read about Rupert Wyatt uh, dropping out of Gambit? I heard about this, yeah, but I didn't really follow through. Well, I mean, the uh, official reason that he gave was that it um, interfered with uh, scheduling on another project, but um, they don't say what that project is. <laughs> um, but it's interesting because this is also another Fox pro- Fox property, mm-hmm. and um, you know they recently got pull- put through the ringer with uh, the Fantastic Four reboot. Now, is Mark Miller still consultant for us? He is. He is. So he, he is. consulted on the four as well. Uh, yes, I believe so. Mm. I mean, uh, he's also got online b- saying you know how um, Old Man Lo- Logan could work. Mm. Uh, because in the comic, there were, were characters that uh, Fox doesn't own. And so Mark Millar has talked a little bit about how they could... Rejig it. Yeah, how they could work around that. But um, basically, because Rupert Wyatt... I, I forgot how many movies this guy has actually been attached to and then dropped out. Really? Yeah, like he was supposed to... Uh, he was working on this film called London Grad. He dropped out of that because of um, creative differences. He was supposed to... Um, he was attached to the uh, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, also at Fox. And yep. then he dropped out of that. Because uh, they wouldn't let him uh, rewrite the script. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, the Equalizer mm. that he was supposed to direct. The Equalizer. Well, before him, um, uh, before before he was supposed to direct it, wasn't uh, Nicholas uh, Winding um, Refn. Refn was supposed to direct it, uh, and he dropped out of the Equalizer also because he wanted to rework the script. He seems to be one of these guys that wants to sort of um, put his mark on it. Put his mark on it, and the studios balk at that. And well, what is his what is his big products? What's he done? Well. He's one of those uh, directors that was sort of scooped up after directing one, you know, independent darling. Yeah. Which was The Escapist, which oh, was yeah. which was a brilliant film. I still have to watch that. Um, I mean, so it was a very similar sort of situation as with Josh Trank. You know, yeah. you you know direct one really successful indie. Uh, but the thing is, is that um, the thing is, is that The Escapist wasn't exactly a huge hit. No. You know, it made less than a million bucks. It was an indie darling, but it cost yeah. it didn't cost too much either, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, it had. Brian Cox and Damien Lewis. Yeah, so after The Escapist, he was hired to do uh, Rise of the Planet of the Apes. He also did The Gambler, right? You reviewed that, didn't you? No, I didn't review The Gambler. I haven't seen The Gambler. The reviews were awful, right? It wasn't awful. It was sort of middling. Yeah. Uh, But but uh, after The Escapist, Fox hired him to do Rise of the Planet of the Apes, Mm -hmm. and he knocked that out of the park. Yeah. Um, You know, that was a a really good film. Yeah, yeah. Rise, not... Rise of the Planet of the the Apes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dawn of the Rise of the Planet of the yeah. Apes. You know, well, it's like the titles are getting longer it, and longer. Because, but I think the next one is War of the Planet of the Apes, right? Yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah But yeah. I mean, there is like there are now the two career parts in uh, Hollywood. There's the um, the Josh Trank, and then there's the uh, who's the guy who did Jurassic World? Uh, Colin Trevorrow. Is that Colin Trevorrow. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, the third one is the guy who did Looper. What's his name? Uh, it's it's right on the tip of my tongue. Yeah, but like his is like do. One movie good. Ryan Johnson. Ryan Johnson. Do one movie good, do one movie not so good, do another movie good, and then do TV for a little bit. That's awesome. Yeah. And yeah, then yeah. come back and do Star Wars. <laughs> but the deal with... Because uh, Colin Trevorrow is doing one of the Star Wars movies as well, right? After yes, Jurassic he World. is. He is. Yeah. And uh, so is uh, Ryan Johnson. Ryan Johnson is yeah. doing episode eight, right? Yeah. Um, and good on, good Ga- on those guys. Good, like, it is, and, it is, Ga- and Gareth Edwards is doing Rogue One. Yeah. Right. Like, that is... 
genuinely like Gareth Edwards did monsters, right? He did monsters yeah. and then he did Godzilla. Yeah. So I mean that's genuinely that's good yeah. that we're getting fresh meat because for a long time like for the day, five years before this, we weren't getting those big names coming in and getting big franchises and trying stuff yeah. new. Yeah. No, I mean it's cool that they're willing to uh, take a gamble on yeah. on people who sh- who show that they can do something on a small budget. Mm. And you know, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Like Josh Trank, it didn't. Yeah. Um, also, like there's. A, and I'm, I'm looking forward to in ten years when we get the book of what really happened. Yeah. You know, and, th- and there's other filmmakers. You know, like like Neil Jordan. Like Neil Jordan is one of those one of those directors that the lower the budget, the better the film. Yeah. You know. Uh, but. Um, with Rupert Wyatt, Rupert Wyatt on uh, Gambit, he wanted to, you know, he wanted to put his stamp on the script, and they yeah. wouldn't let they wouldn't let him. And it seems to be quite a thing where a lot of, um, you know, this whole idea of like a, it's it's very like if you look at the 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 Josh Trank example, I mean that guy's in in movie jail right now. Yeah, like it's it's gonna be a while before he's we gonna be doing Chronicle Two pretty soon. Yeah, he's, gonna, he's working on the script for that right now because he's like fuck, and like he's on the phone to Max Landis. He's yeah. like, come on. Because him and uh, because Max Landis American Ultra didn't do so well either, right? He, mm. he wrote that, he didn't direct it, but he wrote it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, if you do listen to the Fat Man and Batman podcast with Kevin Smith, and he's got Mark Bernard on there from Playboy, mm-hmm. they're basically our show mm-hmm. with more of a following because it's Kevin Smith. Yeah. And they had a run up to the Josh Trank. They were doing four episodes, and the fourth episode never materialized. And they talked about it very clearly. It's like, dude doesn't want to talk to anyone right now. He's in a bad place. He just want. He's in movie jail. Exactly. He just wants to. Let us blow over and see what happens. So yeah, we'll yeah. do that. At some point, he'll come back on the show. No, he was. I, I heard that. I heard mm. that. But actually, I, I heard it on the podcast. And Kevin Smith's very, you know, he's he, like... He understands. Yeah, he understands. He understands. It. He's, he's worked with Bruce Willis. Yeah. <laughs> Bruce Willis. How about that, motherfucker? Mm. He, um, he dropped out of something recently. Did you hear that? He was, uh, he was well, there's no official thing, but rumor is, is that he was fired from Woody Allen's... Mm. Uh, it was because he couldn't remember his lines and I heard that that was semi-confirmed on Fat Man and Batman from yeah. someone they know on set Yeah, even yeah. with cue cards he wasn't getting it Yeah, and this is before he goes on stage right he's yeah. going on stage soon yeah he's going to be uh, playing the James Conn role in the uh, Broadway production of Misery yeah you, you know you kind of think that if I was Kevin Smith I'd want front row seats to that I think he's I think he said that <laughs> I'd want, I want front row seats to go see yeah. <laughs> so wait you're going to be strapped in bed and, like, you're going to be hobbled on... St- <laughs> He's, like, putting his hand up. Can I have a go with the hammer? <laughs> you naughty little birdie. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it is one of those interesting things, you know, like, do you, do you risk gambling on a, on a movie that's going to cost over 100 million bucks and have it potentially not work and then you, don't, you not work? Or yeah. do you walk, you know? Yeah. And it, it, I thought that was, uh, it was interesting. Mm. What made it interesting is I, I just didn't realize how many movies this guy had supposed to do and then dropped out because for the same reason, like just yeah, and and uh, you know the you know uh, the insiders that they interview they say that this guy's not a, uh, an egomaniac. I mean, he's a very reserved guy. He's quiet. He's very thoughtful. He turns up early. He leaves late. He's got good ideas. Hmm. He's not difficult. Yeah. So he's genuinely it's because he has yeah, concerns. He cares too much, pretty yeah. much. And you can understand that. I mean, that's what Marvel. What's happening every time Marvel talks to a woman? <laughs> They're like, "I have concerns." Well, we want to do this way anyway. Okay, then find someone else. No problem, right? It's not. Yeah. It's not a hassle. Yeah. I mean, it's just. It's more this this day and age. We hear about all this now. We mm-hmm. never used to hear about it. Yeah, and that and that actually sort of. Uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about that in straight out my review review for straight out of Compton. Yeah. It's just the whole idea of like, oh shit, that happened. Because you know, back then we didn't have TMZ, we didn't have the internet. Yeah. It was a totally different world. Yeah. Yeah, moving on to trailers. Um, trailers for Angry, Angry Birds dropped. Yeah, I saw this. 
I mean, despite myself, I laughed. Yeah, I mean, it's like it's not awful looking. It's not awful. No. Yeah, I, although I have to worry about Jason Sudeikis's career. Like he, I mean, Vacation wasn't great, but he's playing just that guy. He's playing the guy from The Hangover. Is Jason Sudeikis in in? He's uh, he's in, red. In, in, in no, but is he in Vacation? I thought that was Ed Helms. Sorry, that's Ed Helms. You're right, I get them confused. Yeah, Jason Sudeikis's career is doing fine. What's he in? He was in Horrible Bosses. He was in. Uh, he's got that movie with Alison Brie coming out. Uh, I think like Sleeping with Other People. Hmm. Um, I get him and Ed Helms confused. He's all the doing time. fine. Jason yeah. Sudeikis is doing fine. Okay, yeah, my mistake. But yeah, like Bill Hader has a pretty good, decent ish quality control liquid and you know Danny McBride turns up in some weird things like aka a lot we reviewed Aloha on the last podcast yeah. but Danny McBride is just pretty much like a slightly classier version of Larry the Cable Guy yeah so it doesn't really matter what they do you yeah. know what I mean like he has his fixed rates it's like you get me for an extra million you get the mullet yeah if I'm gonna if it's a mullet roll I need more money it's pretty much like that you know he's <laughs> it's like you know you paid for eight hours you can get eight hours yeah <laughs> <laughs> but I mean I kind of it's weird the, the way the humor they're going with this it does look like I mean I did the fact like the fact that there's a kid knocking a football against Red's door and he goes out and kicks the kid into the sea yeah I mean if they have that slightly mean element to it yeah that could work and it is Blue Sky who did Ice Age well it is Angry Birds yeah there should be displays of anger yeah and there's and that joke at the end is quite weird where it's looking at the sign that says I think it's the pigs trying to make peace or have something like has like you know Angry Birds welcome yeah and the yeah. sign is just pissing him off yeah and it's a real long drawn out scene yeah, yeah. that you would expect to have in like Curb Your Enthusiasm or something yeah so that gives me hope yeah no I I enjoyed it it was one of it was one of those things is like you know when it was announced I'm like oh for fuck's sake yeah. you know but I, I felt that way when they announced the Lego Movie yeah. The That's first time that turned out. The first time they announced the Lego Movie, I'm like, are you are you are you shitting me? Seriously, yeah. you know. But now I'll go see anything done by the Lego Movie guys. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> they're doing. A, they're doing Flash. What? They're doing the the, the Flash. What? The, the movie. movie? Oh, the movie. Yeah. They're yeah. also think going to do a movie version of Serial. Yes, I heard about this. Yeah. Which is I which mean, I'm not too familiar with. No, I listen to the whole podcast. It's an interesting podcast, but it's very structured. Right. Okay? And it's it's very like, well. I keep talking about this guy and I keep thinking, but are you, all these inconsistencies, has he not thought of it? And you know, she's, it's more her talking about herself in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, all, the tra- all, all the animated trailer came out was the Peanuts movie trailer, which again seems to be walking a fine line. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm sold on the Peanuts movie. Yeah, you're in? Yeah. No, I mean, I love Peanuts. Yeah. <laughs> Charles Schultz, fucking genius. Yeah. <laughs> Charlie Brown, genius. But when at first, the net, we, we talked about the first trailer, it was like, it looked 50 50 whether they could fuck it up or not yeah. the fact that when you freeze frame the movie at any point it looks like the strip it looks like the strip it like they're like keeping them they're keeping them like even though they're 3d models as much as possible they're keeping them face onto the camera yeah and yeah. snoopy always has his head turned to the left or yeah, right yeah yeah i like that i i got i mean everything i've seen so far from this film i got no issues with it yeah you know i i, I i'm looking forward to they're it. playing into it as a charlie pound just like even that little bit at the beginning where he's saying like one star up there is always for me then it'll always be there for me and he just falls out of the sky yeah like he is just the put upon hero yeah and snoopy the mistake that a lot of marketing teams could have made is make the snoopy movie yeah but in this he's just an agent of chaos running around in the background which is yes. exactly what snoopy which is, is what he should be yes you know and um and they got the red baron shit in there this time yeah and what's great about it is that it, it's just as you say, you can just tell that this is made by someone who loves it. Loves it. Like yeah. they are really making an effort to make the, st- the comic strip come to life. It's yeah. it's not like fucking Garfield or yes. what, or the Smurfs, which is what I, our, I think most people's concern was. Yeah, uh, they understand what it is that makes the strip work, and yeah. they're putting that into the film, or at least that's what the trailer suggests. And yeah. I I couldn't be happier with it. Yeah. Um, 
Just moving away from trailers just one bit, I just want to, like, uh, did you see this picture from uh, Mel Gibson's new film? I heard about, there's, a, there's another shot of, of Mel Gibson on set. Yeah, Mel Gibson is directing a, a new, uh, it's a, directing a new film, it's a war film called Hacksaw Ridge. Mm. And um, it's worth mentioning, because this is his first time back in the director's chair for a while, not just directing, but also directing um, an A-list cast, pretty much. Yeah. He's got Andrew Garfield, Vince Vaughn, um, you know, and Sam Worthington. Uh, <laughs> I don't know too much about it. Um, other than the fact that I'll go and see anything Mel Gibson directs. Yeah. Because personal issues aside, he hasn't directed a film I don't like. Mm. You know, and uh, and he's got like really uh, fucked up sensibilities. Yeah. So if you can imagine like what an R-rated war film <laughs> <laughs> from, Mel, from Gibson. Mel Gibson will look like. I mean, last, you know, like fucking Passion of the Christ, Apocalypto, Braveheart. There's some fucked up. Like uh, Carnage. Yeah, Braveheart and, especially. I fucking yeah, love there, there's Braveheart. Some, there's some fucked up Carnage in those I movies. I saw Apocalypto in the cinema, actually. That was messed up. It's fucked up. Yeah. Like that like that POV of the decapitated head. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's like, Jesus Christ, Mel. <laughs> it's like, what are you doing? I, I, it was amazing at the time that movie got made. It's like the fucking, the Green Inferno of its day. It's like, and I got, I like the fucking, the fucking talk. <laughs> Here we go. You know, it's like, nice to see Mel back in the director's chair. It's like, agreed, Sam Worthington looks perfect as the desk. <laughs> <laughs> or is that Jai Courtney? Hey. Like, all that historical drama and Jai Courtney. Yeah. I heard him direct his girlfriend once. <laughs> 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 yeah, I mean, there's nothing wrong with a little domestic abuse now and then. If I want to beat the shit out of my wife, that's my business. This is America. <laughs> <laughs> you should just smile and blow me. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, you know, I've always sort of made it a point to not mix up people's personal shit with, 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 with what they do. Is that? You know, and this guy, Logan 1973, has a great idea. Mel Gibson must direct King Conan. <laughs> Conan invades Israel. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> he's probably, and then another guy says, he's probably one of the few directors who could get a hard R. <laughs> to which to which K Grimes replies, thinking about a Mel Gibson directed King Conan gets me hard R. <laughs> anyway, it's genius. Yeah. <laughs> but this guy is like Captain Two Cent says they'll probably give it to Alan Taylor because you know Game of Thrones has swords and kings. <laughs> That's pretty true. It's pretty true. He did he did do Thor after all, yeah, right? Yeah. Swords and hammers and kings. Why not? He directed Thor two and Terminator something or other. <laughs> <laughs> Two clear cinematic masterpieces in which he displayed an incredible skill for transferring his epic visions onto screen. Or is it just me? <laughs> Crickets chirping. <laughs> Come on. I don't need to watch movies. I'll just read this shit. Yeah. Um, another, another trailer that uh, popped up was uh, Heist with uh, Robert De Niro, which, A? Does this look... I mean, how does... It, I, I saw it and I didn't because it looked like a... You know how, like, sometimes Bruce Willis occasionally does the direct-to-video action movie? It looked yeah. Like, it looked like one of those, and so I didn't even bother looking at it. Also, there's already a fantastic movie called Heist. Yes, uh, the David Mamet Mill yeah. movie. Yeah, it's uh, fun with Gene Danny Hackman De and Danny DeVito. DeVito. Yeah. It's fucking awesome. It's a great movie. It's yeah. so fucking clever. Yeah. And this movie, it seems like bad marketing, because the heist, it's like over in, like, 15 seconds of the trailer. Oh, yeah? Yeah, this seems like a bit of heist, a bit of speed. Ends up on a... Jeffrey Dean Morgan ends up on a bus... Oh, really? After running away from Robert De Niro's Enforcer, yeah. Dave Bautista's in it, and it looks kind of interesting. Gina Carano's in it as well. 
I think Jesse Pinkman's in it, but he doesn't get. I can't remember his name. Aaron. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's like they get, their getaway driver runs away, so they end up escaping from the heist on a bus and then taking hostages on the bus and stuff. Right. So it looks just. And what's De Niro doing in that shit? He's the guy who runs the casino who's like, give me my money back. Right. Because they, they figure out pretty fast who it is. Like, it's all very given away it's in a way. Like, it's like, you know, pr- just proves my, proves my theory. You can get anyone you want yeah. for the right price. Yeah. You can get fucking De Niro to be in an AT&T fucking commercial that you just give him enough money. I mean, he's in that movie The Intern now, which I, was, I couldn't bring myself to see. I saw the trailer for that, and it just looks like the most middle-of-the-road piece of shit. Yeah, it looks like know. it gives you diabetes. Yeah. I mean, the only reason I, I might go and see it is just, you know, I got a thing for Rene Russo. Oh, yeah. By the way, I finally saw Nightcrawler. Have you seen that? No, not yet. It's fucking amazing. Is it good? I, you know what? Jake Gyllenhaal, dude, you, you, you've, you've won me over. You're fucking... He's fucking good in it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's one of those performances where, like, you know, because I sometimes try to act. Yeah. And that's what the performance... That's how the performance makes me feel, is that sometimes I try to act. Yeah. <laughs> is, is, he, is he really that skeevy in it? It's... Well, I mean, it's... It's pretty dark, right? It's a really dark film. Um, it's got some charcoal black humor, which mm-hmm. uh, is right up my alley. I mean, I thought it was a great film. Cool. I'm going to have a look at it, so we'll talk about that on a later show. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I do want to see that. I've yeah, been, and, but... but I'm uh, waiting for the right mood. I think it's one of those movies that has to be the right mood to watch, right? It is, it is. I've, I, I've actually had it for a while, and, you know, that was one of those things. It was like... It's like inherent vice. Yeah. You know, I've got it. I'm not ready for I, it. I'm not ready for it yet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the same. I'm the exact same. It's like... It's like there's some, there's some movies that I haven't been in the mood for for ages, and I, and I just haven't seen them, like that Paul Haggis movie, like in, in the Valley of Violence or in the Valley of Ela or some shit oh, like yeah, that. Yeah. yeah, I haven't seen that yet because it was one of those, like, oh, I need to be in the mood for that. Yeah, it's the same with The Field in England. I still haven't come around to watching that. I haven't seen that yet. And I, I read a review of uh, High Rise, which is uh, not, Ben Wheatley's not, next one. It's supposed to be not great, right? Well, it's supposed to be just fucking weird, which again yeah. is exactly what I want from him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But again, yeah, it'll be, it'll be another three or four years after after it comes out. I watched, like, I have the nerve to watch that. But I, uh, yeah, I, I read some articles basically saying that Jake Gyllenhaal was robbed, like, not getting a nomination, and I kind of agree. Yeah, he should have he should have gotten a nomination for oh, that film. Okay, cool. Uh, another trailer that dropped was uh, the Big Short. I think you tweeted about this, and I followed up on it. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, this movie looks fun as hell. It looks weird though for me. I think the tone is quite odd. The to- the tone is odd. It looks. I think part of the problem having Christian Bale in it works against them because the tone it feels very American hustle yeah um, especially the fact that Ryan Gosling is playing um, Bradley Cooper's like he's got like the dark hair weird thing going on yeah where it's yeah. not the Ryan Gosling you know like with Bradley Cooper the with his jerry th- curls the first thing that you uh, notice about this film is that everyone's hair looks slightly odd yeah everyone's hair acting yeah Bale has got like a weird kind of like just but, it, but, it, but it's in the trailer you know it's like he gets his hair cut at supercuts yeah you know that explains uh, him what's Ryan Gosling's reason for looking like his hair's dark black or brown or something right yeah, it's like black. But or it's that, curled yeah. or it's slicked back or something. It's, it's, like, it's, it's some weird quiff. Yeah. Um, but I liked it. I mean, I, I, I like the tone of it. I have no problem with the tone being similar to American Hustle because I really enjoyed American Hustle. Mm. Um, I didn't. Don't, I don't, don't put don't put tinfoil in the science oven. I don't. I didn't. I don't think that American Hustle deserved all the Oscar nominations that it got. But yeah. I thought it was a fun film. Yeah. You know, and this looks like that as well. It looks like a fun movie, and it's got a cast to die for. Yeah. It's just like because it it seems to be jumping back and forth. You know. Jumping back and forth between, is this an out and out comedy? Because it's about, like, for, what you, for those of you who don't know, it's about people who figure out what's going on with the banking crisis in 2008. They realize that the whole bank, the, the banks 
mortgage system is based on subprime mortgages. And it gets funny near the end, whereas I think Steve Carroll's talking to a stripper. Yeah, it's like yeah. you know that you know if you default on you're going to default on all your loans, like all my I'll default on all my loans, like all of them. Yeah. Well, yeah, I own five houses and a condo. Yeah, <laughs> that's but that's not the rest of the, the trailer. No, the rest no. of the trailer is it looks almost like um. No, but I mean it's. A movie like this with that kind of uh, pedigree, it's got to have some humor, yeah. especially when you're dealing with, you know, that kind of high roller. Yeah. You know, even even like uh, movies like Narrow Margin mm. had had a certain amount of humor. That's and, what I was thinking of. Yeah. And Narrow Margin was probably the most serious. I mean, Narrow Margin was a movie that should have gotten more Oscar attention. Yeah. Um, I mean, it did get it got, it got nominated for uh, Best Screenplay. Mm. Um, if you haven't seen that movie, I highly recommend it. Like if you <laughs> if you like movies about the uh, banking crisis about the two thousand eight was it two thousand eight yeah. <laughs> about the two thousand eight financial crisis if you like those kinds of things then I highly recommend Narrow Margin it's a really great film populated with amazing actors yeah I think you reviewed it on on this podcast I did I did um, but I I enjoyed the trailer uh, for the Big Short and I'm a fan of pretty much everyone in it mm-hmm. I'm a fan of Adam McKay I'm, I'm interesting uh, I'm interested to see how he's gonna make the uh, the transition to a different kind of movie yeah. Um, for those of you who don't know, Adam McKay is the uh, director of um, Anchorman. Anchorman, a screenwriter on and, uh, Ant-Man. One of the one of the co-screenwriters on Ant-Man. Um, he's also he also he's also the director of um, Talladega Nights. Yeah. Pretty much every movie Will Ferrell's been in. Yeah. Well, not every movie. Not every. Yeah, movie. yeah. You got any more news? Um, no, that's pretty much it. All right, moving on to cool stuff. I mean, this this is actually endemic. It's something I want to talk about anyway. But have you seen the uh, Captain Phasma toy? I, I I I read about this. I don't think I looked at it. Oh yes, yes I've it's seen SH it. SH figure out. Yes yes, is, yes 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 um, yes. I mean it's again more. I want to talk about how some of these toys are looking amazing and like the movie's not even out yet. Like there's a, I think I've seen I think I've seen this comic about there's, different, different there, there's there's this there's this uh, like thing on Twitter is like oh oh wow facts and um, it had this countdown for Star Wars uh, Force Awakens basically like saying retweet to raise awareness and and I, I replied this I wrote to this guy saying the last fucking thing this movie needs is more awareness is more awareness <laughs> uh, hmm? what's that this yeah this is um, wasn't what I was going to click on I know but it's still, it's still pretty damn cool <laughs> Judge Dredd action figure with bike how much 215 oh wait that's the is that the movie version no it's no, like it's, it's more no, like the movie no, it's, it's not that's it's not the, the pr- it's the comic version the front's not so big on the comic version that's the comic the sh- version look at the face <laughs> so yeah the two guys watch the internet another yeah, title for the that's, show that's that's a great way to announce it you know judge Dredd action figure with bike yeah. <laughs> <laughs> bike in caps it's not the bike it's the lawmaster yeah it's the lawmaster yeah. that's a pretty cool figure a previews exclusive mm. yeah we'll, we'll put all this up yeah <laughs> um but the captain phasma figure does look Pretty fu- I mean, they haven't gone for the full brushed, the full shiny chrome, but it looks brushed and it looks pretty fucking sick. It does look pretty damn sweet. But there, I think someone posted, maybe you posted, posted this, co- this um, comic as well. I've seen hundreds of variations on this essentially, but it's basically Kylo Ren at the end of The Force Awakens saying, "They're all kills. I've killed all the heroes, Master. Uh, what next?" And then BB-8 pops open and the Emperor's inside, mm-hmm. which is like because everyone's gone nuts for BB-8. Um, like maybe he is an, a secret asshole. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, uh, staying on the subject of action figures, if you're a Ninja Turtle fan, you should really check out um, Mondo's uh, 1-6 scale uh, collectible figures. The last in the last time, for the last podcast I was on, I think I talked about Leonardo. Well, yeah. now they've introduced Donatello. 
And, um, I mean, if you're a fan of Ninja Turtles, you gotta get this shit. These, these figures will be about 11 or 12 inches tall. Nice. They're based on the comic. They're based, they're based on the comic. They come with, um, uh, they come with, uh, interchangeable heads. So you can have Donatello with his purple, um, cartoon, uh, his, bandana. His or... purple bandana from the cartoon. Or you can also have the, uh, the red one from the original, um, Eastman and Laird comics. Cool. Um, he also comes with, um, a pre-mutation baby Donatello. Hey. And uh, he also comes with um, uh, fucking Krang. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's, Krang. It's, yeah. So <laughs> that pre-mutation is pretty cute. Yeah. Oh, that Krang is awesome. Krang's awesome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I really hope, I mean, the, the new movie, I think it, the new movie is introducing Krang, isn't it? Uh, I don't think so. It's introducing um, Rocksteady Rock and, and Bebop. Um, so, yeah, Leonardo is available. Donatello is available. These figures are not cheap. They are 150 US a pop, um, which is why I'm not getting them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but if you are, you know, like if you have the money to spare, these are super cool Ninja Turtle um, toys. Mm. And, um, you know, and uh, Mon Mondo's sort of um, venture into toys has been very interesting. Mm. Uh, they're doing a lot of really interesting I things. I do like the Iron Giant Bolt replica. It is very cool, and that's uh, fairly affordable. And that's, and that's um, you know, uh, to scale, yeah. Um, although, if you if you like posters, if you go over to a Hero Complex Gallery, um, either later today or tomorrow, uh, Tyler Stout's poster for the Avengers: Age of Ultron is his stuff drop. is really really good, and his stuff is really 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 good. That's the tie-in with the the Blu-ray release, probably. Yes, yes. He and, does a lot um, of this very. It's like it's fine line work, but it's like it's very. Like and, there's a lot going on. And Tyler Stout's work w is an investment. It mm. goes up in price really quick. Yeah. So um, you can you can get uh, a regular edition. I mean, like it's it's packed. It's yeah. it's super detailed. You can get a regular edition for sixty bucks. There's gonna that's seven hundred and fifty. And all his posters are that style, right? It's like it's yeah. fine line work. They just added some color. Yeah. Or you can get a variant with metallic gold and silver inks, and there's an edition of three hundred and fifty that costs one hundred and ten bucks. This is all USD, by the way. Yeah. Or you can get the cast and crew variant edition with multiple metallic inks, and uh, that's a numbered edition of 160. Don't know how much. Not that publicly means. available. Oh, what the fuck's that mean on a public website? Yeah. Maybe they're doing it. Maybe they, that was a, that was only a, that was yeah. done for a show but or something. Yeah, yeah but this Comic is all Con. part of the Marvel in-home release special event. Hmm. Um, that's cool. And normally, uh, Tyler Stout releases his stuff via Mondo, so this is a bit of a it's a bit of a coup for um, Hero Complex to get for him. Hero Complex Gallery. Speaking of horribly expensive stuff, uh, fullbodyarmors.com are selling for 2,699 US dollars. You can get a wearable Iron Man Mark 43 suit. Didn't didn't we have like a similar conversation about this where you could go to that website and get like a, a full a full fully wearable like Judge Dredd outfit? That with, was with, uh, with, a, with a personalized like, yeah. That was uh, and that was Planet end, replicas and, yeah. Planet replicas and in the end, like we were like, what if you get drunk? Yeah. And make a fucking ass of yourself <laughs> when a Judge Dredd costume. Oh, but what if you're puking <laughs> outside the club dressed as Judge Dredd? It just doesn't. I am the. <laughs> but like, I mean, put on your weapons and prepare that, to be judged. But that's one thing. But this, this is a like a like an a full like, and this isn't like I think we've talked before as well, like the Batman um, bike armor, right? It yeah. looks it's it's yeah. it's biker gear that looks a little bit like Batman gear. This is armor that looks fucking fully like. Iron Man. Yeah. Like, this is amazing. Look, I don't know how the fuck you get into it. it oh. No, it does look amazing. And only two and a half, two, almost three grand US. Fuck. Made to measure, custom made. Uh, it's like, but how would you do that? 
high, it's made out of high strength resin, ABS, fiberglass, aluminium alloy framework. How do you even walk in it? Shoes material, a pair of sandal shoes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it looks great. Yeah, it looks really cool. Put, posters, put pictures of this on the blog as well. But, uh... Yeah, fuck that. It's insane. <laughs> <laughs> That's it for cool stuff for me. That's it for cool stuff. Uh, moving on to our competition. So we were uh, selling two. Uh, not selling. Uh, two. Ex we were giving away two exclusive. Um, Gordon, a uh, green room one three six uh, made uh, pocket keeps, pocket yeah. wallets with the uh, man of steel. Yes. Um, material. Mm -hmm. um, the question was that. Um, the question was name the uh, uh, theater and film director. The, the, the theater film director that Paul Rudd works with uh, the most when he does theater or when he used to do a lot of theater. Yeah. And the answer was Neil ne Leboot. Neil Leboot. Um, our winners So congratulations are, to? And Extinction A, their name didn't pop up and I don't want to give it their full email address in case they get spammed. So we'll get, we'll get in contact to let you know how to we'll get your prizes out to you. And Jennifer Kwok also answered correctly with uh, the competition is Neil Leboot. So you should both be getting your um, wallets as soon as we figure out how to do that. Yeah. Because <laughs> this is the first time we've done this. But uh, you'll be getting uh, an email from us very soon. Yeah. Congratulations. Also in emails, uh, our first email comes in from JC, who says, is there somewhere I can watch the incredibly strange tale of the man who lost his love but brought it back with a packet of duck rice? I've tried searching on Google and YouTube, even Doghouse73's YouTube channel, I can't find it. Um, yes, you can. You will be able to see it. The reason you can't find it is because it hasn't been launched yet. Right. Uh, the movie is, it's finished, it's in the can, it's ready to go. It's in the digital can. It's in the digital can, it's ready to go. Um, we don't have an official uh, launch date yet, but it will be sometime in the end of October or at the very latest, the uh, beginning of November. Hmm. The reason why the reason why it's taken so long to come out is because after watching um, a rough cut, uh, Doghouse wanted to try and see if it could get into any festivals. Ah. And that was the reason. Otherwise, it should have been out in July. Ah. Um, but yeah, but after, after when James Lee saw a rough cut, he wanted to try its luck with getting into some festivals. I told him that it won't get into festivals because it's not that kind of movie. Mm -hmm. And I was right. It, <laughs> it didn't get into any festivals. Um, uh, and so that's why the release was delayed. The reason we're going to... Um, it could have come out a little bit earlier. The reason why we're waiting is because I'm going to be making... Um, my book uh, just came out. Uh, How I Made My First Movie, Decade of Favors, that, that just came out. Um, and which you can buy off MPH bookstores, which I'll put a link up in the show notes as well. Yes, yes. Um, it's also You can also pick it up in uh, some bookstores. I know it's available in Kinokuniya. Mm -hmm. um, and MPH, considering and, they publish it. And MPH bookstores. <laughs> uh, so the thing is, is that it took a while. I didn't quite know when the book was going to come out. That... Um, and because I figured it's uh, a little weird to have a book about the making of a movie that not a lot of people would have seen. Yeah. Um, Come out around the same time as a movie that your, has your name on it as well. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to be making uh, Take Me to Dinner, which was um, my uh, uh, debut directing film. I'm going to be making that available as a digital download um, roughly around the same time as... Uh, Around like the 15th or around mid-October, mm -hmm. I'll be making uh, Take Me to Dinner available as a digital download. So cool. the last time I spoke to uh, James Lee, uh, who uh, runs Doghouse 73 Pictures about this, he wanted to time Duck Rice roughly around the same time as when I... Media Blitz. ...is when I made uh, Take Me to Dinner available for digital download. So once Take Me to Dinner is available as a digital download, Duck Rice will probably be launched maybe two or three weeks after that. Cool. Uh, but uh, there will be... Doghouse will be promoting that once we get a confirmed date. 
I will be promoting it. Um, we will on, be promoting it on here. my Twitter, on my Instagram, here on the podcast. So you'll get to see Duck Rice within a month or so. Yeah. So I mean, if you're subscribed to the Duckcast Seventy Three channel, it should just pop up there. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. I mean, they'll be they'll be plugging it on their YouTube channel. So you'll get to see that pretty soon. Cool. I'm, I'm excited for people to watch that. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm happy with it. Yeah, it's pretty cool. <laughs> having seen it. <laughs> uh, next email comes in from Princess Trixie, who says, "Hi guys, who is your favorite Disney princess?" Don't give a shit. Really? <laughs> I'm not a Disney. I'm not a Disney guy. Like, I, I'm not a Disney guy. I still haven't seen Frozen because I hate that song. <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, uh, it's like, okay, who, who name some? Name some. I'm trying to think. So you got you got the classics. You got Snow White. You got Aurora from Sleeping Beauty. You've got Cinderella. I have. I you know I never saw Sleeping Beauty. No, really? I think yeah, I've yeah. never seen that in the cinema. Um, one of the reissues, probably. Yeah, um, I mean, like, I don't. You've really, got I, uh, Meridia from Brave. You've got Jasmine from uh, Aladdin. You've got the one from the Frog Princess. Uh, is uh, I guess is one as well. I guess, I guess it would be. Mulan. I mean, if I had to choose, it would be Jasmine from Aladdin. Because Ariel I, from Little Mermaid as well. Because out of all of those movies, that that's out of all those movies you mentioned, Aladdin was probably the one that I liked the most. Is the female ty- lion from The Lion King's Nala? Does she count? Yeah, I would still go with uh, Aladdin. Mm. You know, I mean, like, I thought the female characters in Lion King were, were, you know, pretty, you know, I mean, uh, it didn't really make much of an impact. Uh, Rapunzel from Tangles pretty cool. I still haven't seen Tangles. Tangles, I mean, Tangles the beginning of the Frozen face. That, I, that I've never, happened. I've never been one of those guys that's like, that, like, you know, I, I do know people that when there's a new Disney animated movie, they have to go and see it. Mm. And I've never been one of those people. Mm. Um, so... <laughs> and this is gonna make me sound like an asshole, especially the ones that revolve around princesses. <laughs> Sexist prick. <laughs> no, it's like I got no frame of reference. What am I, you know? You never wanted to be a little a princess growing up. Uh, yeah, I yeah, am. For, for for an actor who is one of his most well known roles is playing a female character. I know it's the irony. The irony. Um. Actually, even if you ask me who's my favorite like Disney character, I wouldn't know. Donald Duck. Mm. <laughs> I'm a fan of the ducks. Like, mm. like I like Daffy. I like Donald. I, ne- um, I never liked Bugs. I like that team and Pumba. Me. They're fun. Yeah, they're fun. Yeah. Or um, my favorite Disney Gilbert Gottfried in Aladdin is pretty good. My fa- uh, like my favorite Disney movies don't really have royalty. Mm. You know, like like Jungle Book and Hundred One Dalmatians are my, mm. are my favorite Disney movies. And Lion King. I like Lion King. Lion King was fun. Lion King was essentially Hamlet. Yeah, it was Hamlet. But there's only fourteen stories, right? Yeah. Although, you know, when your name's Scar, it's like it's not hard to turn evil, right? Yeah, I mean, like, gee. What were you called before you got the Scar? So wait, who's Jeremy Irons playing? <laughs> He's the bad guy. <laughs> Who'd have thunk it? It's like Jeremy Irons, Al- you know, Alec Baldwin's in the cast. He's the bad guy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a pity we did do Aloha last week and Alec Baldwin just turns up and shouts for three minutes and then he's done. Yeah. It's weird. Um, our next question comes in from Twitter. It comes from UGamers on uh, Twitter. Uh, at UGamers. Um, and he says, cinema etiquette, using phones, talking. Go. Uh, they're fucking assholes. Yeah, right? I, I, I have and I will shame the fuck out of you. Also, if your kid is kicking my seat, I will stand up, point, and scream. I will make the noise from um, Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Mm-hmm. I will just stand up and do that for five minutes until your kid stops or you take control. I'm, I'm a little bit more forgiving with kids, uh, but... Not um, kicking my fucking seat. Well, I mean, uh, very rarely. I mean, every time my seat's been kicked, it's usually a fucking adult. Yeah. You know, it's some fucking dumbass who's on, like, a date and can't control his fucking leg or <laughs> some, something, you know. Um, but, no, uh, speaking on the phones, speaking on your phone in a movie... It's a, it's a hangable offense. It's one of the most annoying things on earth. I mean, and it doesn't matter if it's on silent. If you take that shit out, that light is distracting. Yeah, I mean, I, don't, I, I hate it when people text. Oh, fuck yeah. You know, it's just, for God's sake. 
What I mean just watch think, it watch it at home why the fuck are you out I think it was the second time I saw the first Avengers movie and I, I mean I usually now I go to the press screens in the morning it's okay everyone yeah. knows what to do or I generally go late at night you should, nev- you don't should. do never ever go to an animated movie at the 3pm showing yeah you're not you're fucking kids will never just, go and see a, th- a weekend screening of a pirates movie no <laughs> never you will regret it but in the uh, Avengers, there was a there was a, th- a, a couple of people sitting to my right, and they were talking at the beginning. I was like, "It's fine." And the Avengers does have a quick start; like, mm. it's not really clear that it's op- it's beginning. Mm. Mm. And again, having it was my second time seeing it, and I was like, I just turned and said, "Hey, the movie's starting." <laughs> and I think before that, it was I was after that the last the last time I had to do it was Snowpiercer, which was like because it was snuck into the cinemas here. There was no press screen, there was no anything. I just went along one day. Yeah. It was like a one o'clock showing. It was like six people in the cinema, and there was two guys to my right, and they were just talking in the middle. I was like, "Hey." I didn't pay to listen to you guys. Yeah. And if I do that, you know, if you sound aggro enough and insane yeah. enough, they generally stop. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, I mean, if, if you feel the same way, you, you'll get a kick out of these YouTube videos. The check that uh, the Alamo Draft House did. Oh, yeah. Uh, they, they've got with like... The phone complaints? The, with the phone complaints, yeah. Where they've got, um, they've got one video with Ethan Hawke and Julie Delphi playing their characters from, uh, from uh, the Before Sunrise trilogy. Um, and they're just having one of their regular long conversations and Julie Delphi just sort of immediately breaks the fourth wall and talks into the camera and tells people using their phones to shut the fuck up. Really? And she starts like bitching them out in French. Um, <laughs> there's also a great one that Mark Hamill did uh-huh. where um, he does like this little PSA before the movie starts and he's like saying if, if you, you know, if you talk on the phone during this movie, you know, like, uh, I'll, you know, I'm a fucking Jedi and I'll come down there and like kick your ass and all that kind of shit. So if you like that, I highly recommend checking those uh, videos out. Yeah, one of the first ones they did was some Valley Girl called in and said, I was like, tell a disgusted. Because I was like, in a movie, and I was just on my phone for a minute, and I was asked to leave, and I was like, what the hell? And they were like, don't come back, Julie. You're not welcome here. Don't talk, collection. Don't, it's going to play. Don't play it. Why not? Because they can't read the text. Now an important message. Hi, I'm Mark Hamill. Welcome to the Alamo Draft House. In the new movie, Kingsman, the Secret Service uses a variety of weapons to take care of problems. As Luke Skywalker, I've only used one weapon. And as the voice of the Joker, I use total anarchy. But if you talk during a movie, I will unleash an entire Secret Service made up of insane clowns brandishing lightsabers, and I will have them completely destroy you. So shh, and no texting. Enjoy the show. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. Don't talk, don't text. Or else Luke Skywalker, <laughs> he just lifts it off. Yeah, so they've done a few. They've done a yeah. few, and it's good fun. Yeah, I mean, they do that here in Malaysian cinemas as well. They have an inside out ha- one they, at the moment. They have gotten a lot better. You yeah. know who? You know where it sucks is actually fucking Singapore because they got all the PRCs over there, all the mainland Chinese. Gotcha. And uh, they have etiquette no problems. cinema etiquette whatsoever. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's not. I'm not saying the Singaporeans are doing it. It's the mm. PRC. Yeah. <laughs> Please take me back. <laughs> so moving on to reviews you yeah. gonna jump into straight out of compton yeah i'll do a really quick review of this um basically you need to watch this movie <laughs> Sounds good. um for those of you who uh don't know uh straight out of compton tells the um the story of the the rap supergroup nwa um they were they were i mean they kind of exploded um in in a, in a really big way was it 91, but, um, 92, somewhere like that? no no this was um in the 80s mm. in the 80s the late 80s i think yeah um 
but no, they they blew up pretty big. Uh, for, uh, it was uh, this is the group that uh, launched Dr. Dre, Ice Cube, Easy E, MC Ren, and uh, DJ Yella. Mm. And um, for me, I mean, it was just really nostalgic just <coughs> watching the film because yeah. um, that's what they're preying on. Well, I mean, it was interesting <coughs> because uh, you know I first heard the song "Fuck the Police" when I was like 13 or something and for a malaysian kid in in fucking like damansara jaya like uh, getting a bootleg copy of uh, straight out of compton it was on tape on tape it was it was insane like so i i didn't i didn't have the lyrics you couldn't go online to see what the lyrics were um and it's like and it wasn't a great copy Mm -hmm. Uh, it was a little muffled and i actually thought straight out of compton was 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 straight on the carpet (laughs) when i when i when i first heard it i told the wife this and she's like you're fucking stupid i'm like you don't understand (laughs) like straight on the carpet you know i mean there's our episode title right there straight on the carpet you know i mean (laughs) i I mean it was it wasn't a great copy it was only like a few months later i got a proper copy of it and i was like oh it's not carpet. Yeah. <laughs> Luckily, I never bothered. I never tried to sing the lyrics out loud. I think I had the same in Irish college. Uh, wait for the summer, and one of the guys had it, and you're listening to, it and you're going like, "What? Is that, is yeah, that fuck the police." Is yeah, I mean, is, the, that, is he saying fuck the police? No, f- fuck the police was. It was a. a it was a mind blowing moment. I had yeah. never heard music with lyrics like that. You know, is NWA the one that has Evil Dick? No. Who's that? There was another band like that that yeah, had a song yeah. called Evil Dick that I just thought was hilarious. Mine? I don't, I don't think so. I seriously doubt it. Um, but it was one of those, you know, it, was one, it, was, it, was, it wasn't my introduction to rap. I think the first time I heard rap was Run DMC. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, it was Body Count, sorry. Yeah. Uh, so, but, but NWA, which stands for Niggas With Attitude, yeah. they, that was, it was, <laughs> I'd never heard shit like that before. Yeah, no, you haven't. And uh, watching this movie, you realize... Neither, neither had anyone else. Um, and it was interesting because all I just knew about it was just the music. I didn't have any idea of where they came from, what their lives were like, because as I was saying earlier... There was no internet. There was no internet. There was no TMZ. This wasn't packaged, this wasn't packaged pop stuff, that, because that's what we're used to. Yeah. You're used to seeing interviews with people in Smash Hits. Yeah. Whereas these guys, they had crazy fucked up lives. They all came from the streets. They, if they hadn't gotten into rap, it's very possible that all of them might be dead now. Or in jail. Or in jail. Um, Some of them have like, been in jail. Uh, like, um, you know, Easy E, he, he was pretty much like, you know, uh, he was a drug dealer. Yep. You know, um, uh, you know, Dre was always trying to get his rap career going. So was, so was Ice Cube. Um, and his acting career. Yeah, well, I mean, but that was much, that was much, yeah, yeah. much, much later. Well, Boys in the Hood was when? Boys in the Hood was 2001, mm. 2001. Um, and they do sort of cover that a little bit. Um, and, I, and I had no idea about the, uh, the sort of fallout, how the group sort of like... Oh, fractured? You know, how, how it got fractured and all it's that. A very, it's a very stereotypical um, that kind of style, like the movie style. You know, it always goes to shit, right? Yeah, I mean, but the thing is, is that it goes to shit... But it, it doesn't go to shit for everyone, and everyone kind of has like their different ways their, of dealing with it. Yeah, there are different ways of dealing with it. Um, and I was, you know, my favorite, my favorite in the group was Easy E, mm-hmm. even though I didn't really know anything about him. You know, uh, in the music or in the film? In the music, yeah. Like uh, in, you know, and and still, when I think of N.W.A., um, I the the voice that I hear is Easy E's voice. Mm. You know, so it's it's and they. And I'm clearly not the only one. They do sort of acknowledge that with this, is that he was the one to sort of blow up because of it. He was the one to kind of like hog all the fame. Yeah. And that was part of the problem. Uh, I mean, I won't get too much into it. 
Paul Giamatti um, playing pig vomit. Playing another another version of pig vomit. The one thing that I will say that is fuck that is crazy about this movie is Ice Cube's son. Yeah. Um, Oshia Jackson Jr. looks like Ice Cube. Well, yeah. He looks like Ice Cube. It's um, like um, it's like Marilyn Wayne's. Is it Marilyn Wayne's or Damon Wayne's son? Yeah, I mean, like uh, the guy who they got to play Easy E, Jason Mitchell. Even though when you watch the, the thing that's amazing about this is like it's really is the casting. And because the, the, they didn't cast Michael B. Jordan, right? No, no. Yeah, which is again, the, they're, they're like, outside the box. The casting in this movie is ridiculously good, and what makes the movie going experience so immersive is that you for, you it actually you you think you're watching a documentary. Yeah. In in the sense that it it feels like them. Mm. It really does feel like these guys, and even though like nobody looks the looks like the original guy quite like um, Ice Cube, I, Ice Cube's son, for some bizarre reason, it just kind of melts away, and you think you're watching you think you're watching the actual people. A bit like what I was going to think of is like one of the best examples of this, the the stereotypical story told differently was Walk the Line. Yeah, because yeah. uh, Joaquin Phoenix doesn't look like Johnny Cash. Yeah, but yeah. halfway through that movie, that's Johnny Cash. Yeah, and it's the same thing with Anthony Hopkins' Nixon. Oh. Is that uh, yeah. he? Yeah. Look, he looks nothing like Nixon, but after a while, you just see Nixon. Yeah, and that's that's what makes this film is the casting. Mm. Um, you know, it is a very glossy biopic, and they gloss over certain things yeah, like what all, like what assholes they were to women and yeah. shit like that. You know, they don't really go into any of that. But the, the movie does do an amazing job of sweeping you along with their story, mm. and the movie has incredible energy. Like the energy and the pacing of the film is really, really good. And the guy that they got to play Tupac, yeah, you get chills because he looks like Tupac. <laughs> so some of them do look. You just said they don't. Some, you know, I mean, like yeah, I mean, like those two, like uh, Oshi, like uh, Ice Cube and Tupac. They look like the guy. The the, the actors look like the look like. They look like the real guys, like yeah. Tupac especially. Like I was watching it with the wife, and she's like, "Oh my god, it looks just fucking like." They cloned him. You know, it looks like a fucking clone. And there are certain bits in there that you just get, you know, memories just start flooding back, you know, because you just remember what was going on at the time, like the the L.A. riots. Yeah. Um, I'd forgotten just how fucked up that was. And again, yeah. because we didn't have the internet back then, you didn't quite realize how fucked up the L.A. riots were. I mean, it was a fucking, it was you know, it was a war zone. L.A. was a war zone. Yeah. And it was don't go to Oakland. And it was interesting to sort of, kind of revisit those times. Mm. It kind of makes you think about what you were doing, at at the time, you know. And it was just nuts, you know. Like, uh, the, yeah, there's some nice. There's there's some. It's. I mean, I loved the movie. Mm -hmm. I I thought it was a great film. And, and the wife know, think, she loved it too. You yeah. know, she really really liked it. But she's a. I mean, but you know, I mean, but she's a rap fan as well. Yeah. I mean, she she knows the the lyrics to. A lot of rap shit. She knows. She you know. She she's a she's a Tupac fan. She's a Snoop fan. So she's actually knows a lot more about rap than I do. Yeah. So she loved it. Awesome. I definitely. I'm looking forward to seeing it. Yeah. Yeah. It's not getting released here though. <laughs> <laughs> Hell no. That's why we wanted to see it there. Is like the weird thing. That I think it was Roger Waters. The Wall came out in cinemas around the world. I saw two people on Twitter and Facebook complaining about it. <laughs> release here. I was like, really? Is that many people want to see The Wall? I'd go. Yeah. Shit. If it came out here, I'd fucking go. But yeah, yeah great film. Cool. Check it out. So I'm going to talk about Wet Hot American Summer next again. I'll try to keep it brief. Um, so I'd heard about this off. There's a couple of American podcasts and things I listen to. Um, Big Red Barrel or some of them. Big Red Barrel. So there's one where they do ever so often. They just talk about anything. Mm -hmm. But they'd mentioned this. And I've heard it in relation to other Americans of a certain age. You know, there's certain movies you watch at a certain age and they like to stick with you. Mm -hmm. And I think you do have to be that age and you watch them. Because I watched the movie mm -hmm. and I thought it was awful yeah you were telling me you, like you, you, I, you, I, I touched on it before on the podcast like the cast is amazing it was done in uh, 2001 mm -hmm. 
And it's basically the setup is it's it's. I mean, I think that was one of the reasons why I never saw it is it looked like shit. Yeah. Um, the cast has got like Paul Rudd's in it, um, Janine Garofalo, David Hyde Pierce, um, Michael Showalter, who's not been in much else, um, Christopher Maloney from all the, which ones? Maloney's in Law and Order, right? Law and Order, uh, Molly Shannon, um, Amy Poehler, Bradley Cooper, there's fuck all these fantastic guys in it. Yeah. I love one of those. Yeah. Um, but it's like, it's the show you put on when you're 18. And you throw a whole load of crap, and some of it works, and most of it doesn't. Is it worse or better than Captain Rogue? I haven't seen it. I haven't brought myself to seeing Captain Rogue. You haven't Rogue. seen Captain Rogue? No. Because that's one of those movies that that's like it's like a it's like a rite of passage. You've got to see that. I, you know, if you're in college in the states, you watch Captain Rogue. Yeah. You know, sooner or later, you watch Captain Rogue. And this seems to be that way. But I just was watching it go, and it's just like there's. I mean, uh, the vo- John H. Benjamin's voice is in it. Uh-huh. Um, he's like a tin can. Um. Christopher Maloney is like an ex-Vietnam uh, vet cook who's insane. The whole point of this movie is that all the uh, camp counselors, like the kids are all kids, but the camp counselors are all played by adults. Right. But they, the Netflix series does better at explaining its concept in 30 seconds than the movie does in the whole thing. Again, it's probably just they've all grown as comedians because yeah. like, they've gotten everyone back apparently bradley cooper was only there for a week or a day mm-hmm. but it doesn't feel like he's just doing bits mm-hmm. it feels like he's exactly as integrated as he was in the original because right. he's going out with amy Cole polar uh they are the theater uh organizers and he is as gay as christmas mm-hmm. and it's all about him coming to terms with that but the show is 10 episodes and all the weirdness that didn't work in the movie they own it and they lead up to those like the joke about like christopher maloney is talked to by this can it's a can of good uh, tin fruit or vegetables and the lid pops up and down and John H. Benjamin, the voice of Archer, comes out of it. Mm-hmm. In this, they explain why his voice is coming out of that can. Right. And they, it's, it's, it's a major plot point. And they, also, they give David Hyde Pierce's like, character like a, a three-minute like, montage of why his character is beside this place. And it's hilarious. It's like all you know, repressed. Because his house faces the camp. So, so I, th- you, you can watch the Netflix series and just skip the film. Yeah. I mean, it does add something to it that, in that you understand where things are going. The beginning of the film has like the nurse and the character who's supposed you, to be. But if you haven't seen like either one, would you recommend watching the film first? Mm. Watch start with the Netflix series. Start with the film if you're completionist. If you're one of those people who has to, but if you're like only got time for one of them, watch the TV show. No, but if you haven't seen either, but you'd like to watch both, should you watch? Oh, start with the movie first. Start with the movie, and you and don't let the movie put you off it, right. because when you're watching the joy of the series is watching the movie and going like, oh, when things actually do play out a certain way. Right. Um. So the series, like the opening of it, the, the opening of the movie has like the character supposed to be the nurse and the character supposed to be one of the counselors sharing a smoke. Right. Now, those are two women of, of equal age beside each other. Right. But it's not clear that one's supposed to be a teenager. Whereas in the show, they have a scene where um, one of the, a, a, a little girl goes into the bathroom and she has her period and she comes out and she's a 38-year-old woman. Mm-hmm. And that, sell, that sells you the idea, right? That's mm-hmm. why these adults... And they're all... The movie was the last day of camp. This is the first day of camp. But the whole show takes place on the first day, and that's part of the joke as well. Like each, ep- each episode is almost an hour, but like they make reference to the fact that was that before we went to the, you know, they've done things that they take way longer than eight fucking hours to do, mm-hmm. and they make a joke out of that, right? right. And it works. Um, Paul Rudd is like, is just like you know trying to be the hotshot, um, kind of big man on campus kind of stuff. Who's the guy from pa- the guy from Party Down, the kind of uptight chef? I can't remember his name. Zach Roth, is it? No, uh, I can't remember. 
Like, oh, and the, the fact that Michael Showalter, um, he's, he actually turned up in Sex and the City, and we were watching that with a, a, my girlfriend at the moment. Um, he, he, he's put on drastic weight since 2001, but mm-hmm. like he's playing the same character, and that's kind of funny. Like, they look older. Paul Rudd hasn't aged. Yeah. Amy Poehler also hasn't aged, but everyone else looks 10 years older, and it's the first day of camp. Right. And that in itself is funny, and they now know that that is a joke they can run with. Right. And um, who's the guy? Um, John Hamm turns up in a fucking bizarre role, which is fantastic, because this is now they're all big, so they can get people. Yeah. And the guy who played his partner in uh, Mad Men, he was uh, Tony Stark's dad in the second Oh, uh, John Sla- Slattery. John Slattery. Yeah. He's in it playing a great role, and like it's genuinely funny. The series is genuinely Michael funny. Michael Sarah pops up as well, right? Michael Sarah pops up, and it's brilliant. Oh, and um, what's his name? Um, the other uh, Gideon Graves. Um, oh, Jason Schwartzman. Jason Schwartzman turns up, and you're wondering why he's not in the movie. That's explained away. Everyone you see who's not in the movie will be explained why they're not there on the last day of camp. Right. And there was a recurring joke in the original where, like, whenever anything is thrown, it makes a smashing noise, and it's the exact same. It's, like, basically a version of the Wilhelm scream. Oh, okay. And that joke pops up ever so often as well. It's the exact same noise. Like, someone could just, like, you know, throw a... Like, they could throw out the, the last of their coffee, and it goes... Right. So... And Christopher Maloney starts as a normal person, whereas in the show, in the movie, he's, like, completely deranged. Mm-hmm. It, it's explained. That's his arc. He has right. an arc now. Right. Um... I really, I genuinely enjoyed the, the, the TV series. Right. But okay. having seen the movie, it gave me the, the, the wherewithal to understand some more of the jokes. But I still think, that if you only have time, watch the TV series. Right. It's all available on Netflix. Wet Hot American Summer. It's pretty fun. Oh, and uh, Elizabeth Banks is in it as well. Is she in the uh, the film? Yeah. Okay. She's in the film as like the hot girl, but they have an entirely different backstory for the TV show, and it all works. Oh, and Chris Pine turns up with a fantastic cameo. Just, it's, again, it's bizarre. And Reagan turns up. And the guy with the the guy with the long hair and the baseball caps from the thirty from Thirty Rock. I never watched Thirty Rock. Oh, well, you should watch Thirty Rock. It was one of those things that slipped through the cracks. Yeah, you should watch it. It's well, well worth it. I still have, I'm still parceling out Parks and Rec. Okay, let's move on to Everest. Hmm. This made me never want to go to Nepal. Did you ever want to go to Nepal? Well, I have had friends who've gone to done the trek to base camp. Like it, 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 it seems like. I mean, they should have had the tagline for this movie is more walking than Lord of the Rings. Are you hungry? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> We're nearly there. Um, so, yeah, this is the story of uh, 996. There was a bit of an accident. It was the first year that they really started bringing groups up there. Before that, it was all international groups. Like, it was all... No, I thought, I thought that... Uh, it was they... the year before was the first real year. And that year, there was, like, a lot more groups coming. Yeah, yeah. So, there was a lot more... It had gone from, like, the best of the best of the best to... If you can pay the money, yeah. Some places might be a little more lenient on whether you've actually done enough. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a mix of characters, but it was basically about, um, yeah, like a, a, a 1996 climbing expedition in which um, there was a, a sudden storm yeah. that came and um, uh, some climbers lost their lives. Yeah. Uh, and if you don't know this going into the movie. There are dead bodies on Everest. I mean, this article pops up every year. Have you seen this article? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, because because uh, if you know people who die in Everest, it's too high to retrieve the body. So at that height, at the at the cruising height of a seven four seven, yes, as they yes. say in the movie, moving yourself takes everything. Yeah, trying to pick someone up. Mm. So if you so if you uh, if all of the, all of the climbers that died on the top on top of Everest are still there. Yeah, yeah. Because no one can bring them down. Um, 
there's not a whole lot to say about this in the sense that it's based on a true story. So like you just need to Google the event and you'll pretty much know what happened. And Jason Clark has been a bit of a dick on uh, BBC Radio talking about it. Like they were talking about it beforehand. So I'm just like, I tried to tell him don't spoil shit, but he just goes ahead and fucking because it's a real thing. Yeah. You can yeah. Go, you can find out exactly who did and who dies. Yeah. I recommend not doing that. I recommend not doing that because I I didn't know. No, I went in completely blind, and I'm very glad I did. Uh, because there's one character that you know that you think he's going to make it. Yeah, you clearly because that's you think it's he's the point. Yeah, and yeah. then no. Yeah, and I was like, and what? I gotta say, I was very impressed by how the movie tries very hard to avoid cliches. Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, actually, Mark Kermode mentioned this in his in this review is that there's it's kind of difficult to avoid certain cliches because it's based on a true story and certain things did happen. Yeah. Uh, but what I really liked about it is when characters die, it's not in any way movie movies movie done. No. You know, you know I mean, the, it's not go on without me. Yes, I mean characters. The way characters uh, die in this film. It's there's, very matter of fact. There's two in particular that are just like that. Yeah. There's the one it's, with the, 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 the step. Yeah. And there's the one at the night. Yeah. Where it just the, cl- the clothes yeah, opening. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, what? Yeah, that's it. And the other guy doesn't even see it. Yeah. And that's horrifying. Yeah. And he's just, he's gone. Yeah. And, like, the, and the way that they handle that, the way that that is played, the way it's uh, shot is very nicely done. And that was what I thought really impressed me about the filmmaking, about, yeah. about the, uh, the, the choices that were made. Because it is structurally weird. Yes, it is. And it is, like, there is the question of why make this. Yes. I mean, it is great to see, it, it really impresses upon you how fucked up it is up there. Yeah. Like, without oxygen, you're dead. Yeah. And there's a fuck, there's fuck-ups galore happening in this. Yeah. I mean, I didn't see it on, on IMAX, but um, I. but I I would highly recommend checking this out in IMAX. Yeah. I mean, just, the scenes when they're just looking down. Yeah. Looking down on the ladders. Yeah. I'd say, uh, is it in 3D? I don't know. Yeah. I think you. I think you can watch it on IMAX. It is in 3D, but I I booked non 3D because yeah, I, I saw it on a regular screen. Uh, by the way, fucking Australian gold class is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. Not to dir- not to detract from the, tr- the tragedy of the story, but gold class is amazing. Yeah, it's yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, I would rec- I, I mean, I highly recommend the film. I think it's very well made. Yeah. Um, I think it's well acted. There is a you slight know, um. There's a focus on certain characters, but I think that some characters are left in the background and can, can, can become a little bit interchangeable. Yes. Like, we all, we all know, where the fuck is Ang Dorji? But, like, we yeah. all know who he is. But there's other people they talk about who don't crop up, and when they've got all their gear on and it's three guys with beards, you're not 100% sure what's going on there. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I mean, it's the Alien 3 problem. Yeah. <laughs> They're all bald. Where everyone's bald with barcodes. Yeah. You know, it's like, well, there's that know, one black guy. And, and, and everyone's and got, a Yorkshire guy. And everyone's got the same British accent. And yeah. the only way you can tell them apart is from what part of England they come from. Yeah. You know, so it, it does suffer from that a little bit. But that did not affect my enjoyment of the film. Yeah. And they do a nice mix of the people you might expect to survive don't. And people you do maybe, you know, you're thinking there's some stunt casting in there. Yeah. There, there's, there's some things in there. Uh, yeah. I mean, if you don't know the story, people you think are going to make it. Don't make it. Don't make it. And people you think are going to, you know, like... Yeah. yeah. And people you think might make it look like they don't make it. And then they may, they might make it. Yeah. And it's not clear. Yeah. Um, I, I was at Jake Gyllenhaal's like, he's just playing an asshole in this movie. Like, he's, I mean, it's a weird role. He's not, he's not playing an asshole. He's basically playing a very laid-back guy. Incredibly. In a, in, in a very non-laid-back situation. Yeah. You know, he handles... Like, there's some fucked-up shit that's going on, and he seems very cavalier about it. Everything is. Um, the... The best it's an interesting role. It's an interesting role, but it's like it's weird. It's a, it's, it's a weird background role because he's not foregrounded much. But the best the best performance in the film is Emily Watson. Mm. Emily Watson is amazing. In Although this her film. Kiwi accent does waver at one point. Yes, 
Yes. There's one point where she says in twice, and yeah. the first time she nails it. I mean, uh, Kieran Knightley does a great Kiwi accent, and I didn't realize Jason Clark is a Kiwi. Oh, I thought he was That's Australian. His no- well, uh, his, uh, I thought he was Australian. But he do- he's, doing, he's doing his own accent either way. Yeah. But, like, there is a lot of clipped. And uh, to be said, Sam Worthington is not bad in it either. Sam Worthington, actually, this is uh, my favorite Sam Worthington performance. Even better than the one with the shark, uh, Croc? What was the one with the Croc called? Oh, yeah, I take it back. Ro- Rogue is my Rogue favorite. Rogue is still good in that. Yeah, yeah. Hello! We, we ducks! ducks. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. We ducks! <laughs> but he does get to carry some of the emotional moments of this. I mean, he does. a lot of it is just people talking on the phone. Yeah, and he does it very well. Yeah. He does it very well. But yeah, Emily Watson is fantastic. Yeah. You all right there, Rob? Rob, you still there, Rob? Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and that moment that uh, Kira Knightley has with Jason Clark is very good. Yeah. You know, it's... No, it is. It's very touching. Yeah. And um, I, mean, I cried. Yeah. I fucking... I teared up. What's his name? <laughs> um... No, I mean, yeah, I yeah, mean, Michael Kelly, Michael, we're getting Michael Kelly to play the writer from um, Outside Magazine. Michael Kelly, as far as I'm concerned, he's David Knight. He looks like David Knight. Yeah, a little bit. He's older David Knight. But he's, also, he's, he's older David he, Knight. I mean, when the guy who played Lombard in uh, Man of Steel, you know he's going to be an asshole. Yeah. I mean, you tweeted about how John Krakow was like, it's mostly bullshit. Yeah. He would say that because it doesn't paint him in a very um, flattering light. Well, I mean, John, I mean, uh, John Krakow, I mean, he, he wrote the, he wrote the book. Yeah. And, um, he's on the rights and, and, and he's regretting and, it now. And apparently the book is amazing. Really? He also wrote the book to uh, Into the Wild. Oh, right, yeah. Which, um, I mean, I haven't read the book, but I love the movie. Mm. Anyway, I, yeah, I, rec- I highly recommend it. Um, but I highly recommend it on the big screen. Yeah. I'm not so sure it would have the it same... It might play like a movie of the week or kind of a Hallmark uh, thing. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, it's a big screen experience. It's a big screen spectacle. And it deserves to be seen for specifically for that reason. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah, characters... Are, are kind of interchangeable but as far as being the kind of movie that the cinema was made for it is that kind of film yeah it shows you what the top of Everest is like and how fucked up it is yeah so yeah also talking about inhospitable places finishing off with The Martian so I was big upping this movie Ridley Scott directed um, I was bigging this up because I read the book and the book is a great page turner and like I mean Drew Goddard didn't have to do an awful lot in converting this over to a movie script um, Mark, Wal- uh, Mark Wahlberg um, <laughs> Matt Damon Matt Damon uh, plays Mark Watney and uh, he is basically a botanist on a Mars mission the Ares 3 mission they're all hanging out on the planet they've landed on Mars they're doing rock samples they're part of a six man crew and a storm comes in and it's going to knock over the MAV which is the ascent vehicle which is their only way off the planet so they got to get out there and get it um, Watney got hit by something his life signs are dead they have to they, they search for as long as they can but they got to go and they can't turn around and come back Mm-hmm. Cut to NASA announces Mark what we've lost an astronaut on Mars. It's always like, I mean, you saw how the, the, the Challenger disaster knocked back in space travel. Like losing someone in space is a big thing still, even though we all know how terrible how di- space hates us, as gravity taught us. Yes, hate space. Don't go to space. Um, but the accident that knocked him out, knocked out his sensors. He's still there. He's no way to contact his crew or NASA. He's only got thirty days worth of food. The hab he's living in is only worth thirty days fuck you going to do this has been i think some of the changes they've made are to big up nasa because there is that i have you know the, there is that right stuff thing matt Watney, he's not like uh, i think sebastian shaw the winter soldier he plays like the more square-jawed um george clooney and gravity character right? right and there's another guy vogel who's like the, the you know the science guy and kate mara from fantastic fours the computer they all have the roles mark 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 Watney's not the he's not the front yeah, he's not the guy. He's like, I'm doing the rock samples, and uh, there's some really nice videos they did around the uh, like in character videos they did. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you look for the Ares three mission logs, mm-hmm. which show that they, they, they even mentioned like they give me the camera because I'm the one who has nothing to do till we get there. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and a lot of the book and a lot of the movie is just his humor. He's relaying everything to the GoPros just for the record in case he dies on Mars. Like everything, every he's like he's going to die. based on current circumstances, he's going to die. Hmm. You or I would probably just sit there, or maybe walk outside without your helmet off and let your head explode and just get it over with. But he's like, I gotta see what I can do. Hmm. And his trailer says he's got a science of shit out of it. Yeah, and uh, he does, and it's the genius of the book and the genius of this is the humor which with he deals with things mm-hmm. and there are and the, the pacing of the book is transferred over almost identically you know just when things are going swimmingly there will be a setback yeah and they do skip over some of the things that I thought they missed from the book was the fact that the banality of Mars like the rover only goes for something like a certain number of hours per day and it's solar charged yeah so every day he's got to, when he has to go somewhere he has to get out lay out 30 fucking solar panels hook him up and just sit there and wait Right. and hope that nothing kills him by the time they recharge they lose a little of that monotony they also lose some of the like, everything in the book the book is really cool in that everything in there is today science mm-hmm. the way he makes himself survive and the way he makes more oxygen and water and stuff like that mm-hmm. that's all based on what we can do right now with current NASA tech that you would have up there and that's really really cool mm. um, and it's just this humor carries it through I mean, he's stuck. The I've, only, I've heard that it's very funny. One of the one of the things that he's left, like he's only left whatever left in the hab, mm-hmm. and the commander has a love of of seventies disco and seventies TV shows. Right. And there's just like moments of him playing, like this is the least disco song I could find, and it's just like fucking Donna Summer or something, and he's just like going slowly insane, watching Happy Days over and over again. Right. right and the right. humor of when if he does get when he does get in contact, it's like bear in mind, Mark, your words are being seen around the world right now, and like. They cut away from it, but everyone's like, oh, fuck, don't do that. <laughs> like, he's a space goofball. Yeah. Um, it's hugely enjoyable. The book ends at a certain point. The movie carries on a little bit, and it's a little bit more of like, this is the this is why we need NASA. It, it has gotten hijacked slightly as like, space exploration is something we need to do. Join. It, it's, it's, it does become a NASA, a NASA recruitment film a little yeah. bit, yeah. Uh, the, the cast are all gen- perfect. Uh, you know, the book is the same. When you think about a book about a guy trapped in the planet, it's like, it's going to get boring. Just when you think it's going to get boring, they cut back to uh, Jeff Bridges and Chewett Elijah Ford trying to put plans together. Jeff Daniels. Jeff Daniels, sorry. Uh, Kristen Wiig is as the PR lady, who's pretty fucking awesome. Um, Sean Bean doesn't die in this movie. Oh, excellent. <laughs> <laughs> but it, Sean Bean, he's just like the grumpy crew controller. Like He's like he's really good at it. There's like a nice little side plot for him. Um, who's the other guy? Donald Glover turns up as an astrophysicist kind of thing, which is kind of cool. And they all, it's just like, they're all pulling together for this and what can you do and just it keeps you on the edge of your seat like I said every time you think it's going to go it's going too well something bad happens um, the tech is all it's Ridley Scott you know it's like Prometheus looked technically awesome Yeah. here he's married to a good story and it works really really well yeah. you talk about crying in Everest I cried during this plenty of times just the beauty of what's going on on screen mm-hmm. um, they achieve Mars really really good they finally made a good Mars movie yeah although you know I enjoyed John Carter Oh yeah, yeah. No, I enjoy John Carter, but that's not like John, the, John Carter. Not when John, you th- I was thinking more of like Mission to Mars, and what was the other one? The Red Red Planet. Red Planet. Well, yeah, they they both they, suck. They both suck. And you know, Total Recall. Mm. The first Total Recall. The best Mars movie of all yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. This is pretty close. Get your ass to Mars. Get your ass. To- Get See your ass you at the party, Victor. <laughs> I would highly recommend this movie. Again, I think I, I didn't see it in three D. Um, they didn't they didn't monkey with the story a little bit to give some characters more time together. Right. Um, and also they make the ending a bit more exciting mm-hmm. than it needs to be as mm-hmm. gravity shows you space is hard enough that you don't really need to do that Yeah, but it, it still works I mean again if you haven't seen if you haven't read the book it's not going to be a problem for you you'll just take it all in cool um, but definitely recommended Ridley Scott I gave it four stars but I think I, they only gave Interstellar four stars so I'm not sure yet on their rating system 
stars are awful anyways like after a while once you do a couple of reviews you're like is a five star movie that's a perfect movie nothing's perfect right so, like, what if if you give this five stars? Does that mean two thousand one is six stars? Uh, I mean, I guess like you know the movie going experience. It's one of those things is that it's not necessarily a perfect movie, but it's a perfect experience. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, it's like like Interstellar, for example. I had a lot of if you if you take a if you step back from Interstellar and look at it, there are things to bitch about. Yeah, but I didn't care because I just loved how that movie made me feel. Yeah, I and, think no, uh, you more, know, it's like it's I. A, I, I I would give it five stars based it's on It's a conversation that's been going on in the video game for eight, for years because yeah. it's like uh, nothing gets below a five out of ten. Yeah. Right? Or you never, you very rarely get a one-star one movie or a no-star movie. I think I might have given a no-star once. But I would, give, like, I, would, I would give movie 43 like no stars. No stars. But it's, it's like, like read the review because people de- tend to skip to the stars. Right? Yeah. Whereas it's actually the review tells you what you need to know about. I guess it depends on why you're giving a movie like five stars. I mm. mean, like, I don't think of movies as being perfect movies. Mm. You know, I mean, not every movie can be Shawshank Redemption. I mean, to me, that, that is a perfect movie. Yeah. You know, but, uh, you know, but like, you know, so, like, it's something like Interstellar. It's not a perfect movie at all. Why are you being so acute? You know, but it's <laughs> it's not a perfect movie at all. Yeah. I can, I know, like, you can, like, Anne Hathaway's fucking character her monologue it's a massive problem yeah it goes against everything that that character should be yeah but you know it's like oh and that's the thing these are these just get on with it. all these astronauts yeah. just get on with it and it's really good about that yeah um but this i it, i didn't see it in 3d but, but again a big screen experience i think yeah but i i, I want to see it again this weekend um i really enjoyed it it's really cool there's moments the music is there's moments of the hint of mass effect video game which is kind of cool but like it just it looks the tech is just so cool looking you know what yeah. i mean those suits are awesome the, the shit he has to deal with, they kind of skip over how he makes some. They, they do some of the water and, stuff. But and Matt Damon, I mean, he pretty much is like, you know, what if Tom Hanks was an action hero? That's Matt Damon. Yeah, and yeah. there is a, and there is a, you know, beginning and end of Castaway cut. Oh yeah. To show what like living on a very reduced calorific intake will do. Yeah. Because he's only got enough food for like max a year, and it's gonna be four before anyone gets to him. Yeah. Like even if everyone turned around right now. Like space is big. Yeah, 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 yeah. Re- like, was it? I think it's the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy says space is big. No, yeah. no, really big. No, no, really, really, really big. I think there's like six reallys in the in the book. Yeah. But it just it really you're with him the whole way. Mm-hmm. And then the and the, it shows you the end. The world is with him as well. When hopefully uh, there's so many things that can go wrong. Yeah. And yeah, highly cool. enjoyable. So that, with that, we shall end our show and go get some dinner. If you want to follow us on Twitter, we have at McGaffin Fries on Twitter for podcast updates. I'm on at McNasty Prime. And I'm at Gavia. Um, if you want to keep an eye on the Hype Geek, some of my more geeky reviews, like this review, will go up there before we do the podcast. Yep. Um, anywhere else we're doing stuff. Oh, you can find some of my writing on Starburst Magazine and not so much Nerd Fan now, but I'll do more on that later. And uh, yeah, thank you for listening. Uh, like, share, and comment. And you can email us at podcast at mcgappenfries.com. That's podcast at mcgappenfries.com. Proudly sponsored by Greenroom136. Okay. Peace out.